it's all just been organic traffic to our social media pages and to our website. And I think those customers are just so much more valuable than if, you know, an influencer posts or something like that. And that drives traffic because those people are loyal to that influencer, but they're not loyal to our company and they're not going to maybe engage with that content. Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray. And join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. What's up, Connor? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Super stoked for this one. I want to start on... You started, you founded a company uh, called Waterboy, but I want to go through the journey of how did you go from being in investment banking to eventually starting a company? So I've had a pretty, pretty interesting journey. I think going through college, I went to SMU and working in finance and particularly investment banking was really pushed throughout college. And I always kind of thought that was like my dream job, dream career to go into I ended up getting a really good job out of college at Goldman Sachs in their special situations group. So we invested into basically middle market companies and like kind of smaller startup-y companies too. And so I loved it. But what I realized is I didn't really love like the behind the scenes, working on financial models, like doing all that stuff. I wanted to be on the other side and be the entrepreneur that was starting that business or had started it and was like, getting investment to grow it and do all that stuff. I wanted to be there. Didn't really love sitting in an office all day at a desk too. So I ended up quitting two years into the job. I just really didn't enjoy it. And I kind of realized that. And then funny enough, two weeks after I quit, a friend from home had nominated me to be on The Bachelor. And they didn't tell me. And so... (laughs) I you know, got a phone call out of nowhere from a producer and one thing led to another and ended up going on those shows. And like the timing worked out really well because I had just quit my job at Goldman and everything. And I knew I wanted to start a business, but didn't really know what yet. So I ended up going on those shows, went on The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. And after the shows were over, I was like, okay, before I did all this stuff, I wanted to start a business. Let's get back to that. And I ended up starting this gummy vitamin business at the end of 2019. And I think it might've been the end of 2020, 2019. I won one of those years and um, did that for a year. Ended up selling it December of 2020, I believe. And then I met my buddy, Mike, who co-founded Waterboy with me. And he had this idea to create essentially a better for you hangover recovery product. A lot of people drink Pedialyte or Liquid IV when they're hungover, and uh, those things are loaded with sugar. And so his thought was, what if we could take away the sugar, add in more electrolytes and some other ingredients that are more specific to helping with a hangover, and put that in a powdered stick and um, sell it, basically. And that was kind of the idea we built it off of. Started thinking of the idea in January of 2021, and then essentially spent five months working on the product and concurrently with that, figuring out, okay, how do we want to market this? Which I think would be interesting to dive into and um, officially launched and started selling the end of May of last year. So it's been a little over a year right now, but honestly, it's just been incredible 
how everything has gone so far. And, uh, you know, the reason I was late today is because we just signed the lease on our new office space. So we were um, just moving in this morning, which is is always fun. The cool thing is like the bachelor kind of helped you create a marketing channel in yourself, which led you to be able to create TikTok and following on Instagram. So how did you think about the marketing of Waterboy before creating, delivering this product? That's a really interesting point with the bachelor. So obviously I, you know, I made it like fairly far on that season of the show I was on and then went on paradise. So when I did come off of those shows and they aired on TV was very fortunate to get like a really good audience on these social media platforms. But having said that, the usability of a lot of those audiences really depends on how loyal those people are to the creator. And I think a lot of reality TV people and really a lot of people on social media, the people that follow you aren't loyal to the point where it's like you start a business or are selling or promoting a product that they're going to buy it. And I think like, and we can get into this later. I think there's like a very small percentage of people that have super loyal fan bases. And I'm, you know, I know a lot of them here in Austin, but those are like the people that we try and focus on marketing with Waterboy obviously, you know, have tried to utilize my audience as much as possible for Waterboy. And I think I probably can do a better job doing that too. But we really built it under the premise of trying to not use it, if that makes sense. Like a lot of our marketing on TikTok from the very beginning, I wasn't in any of the videos. We started with an account with no followers, but we really honestly analyzed the platform of TikTok for three months and we're like, okay, what are the businesses that are really doing a good job on this platform? And what are they doing to really like drive a good community and develop that big community to where these people are so invested in the business and what you're doing that they're going to engage in your content and that will help it grow. And maybe they want to buy the product too. And I would say a lot of the traditional big corporations that did really well on Instagram are absolutely terrible on TikTok. And it really gave us a good window to almost be like the hydration brand of TikTok in a sense. And so I don't want to go as far as to say we are the hydration brand of TikTok. But I think when we started this, like that was what we were trying to do is like, okay, you know, these other big brands aren't doing a good job with this. And maybe they have more hoops to jump through as a corporation to where they can't put out some of this more like edgy content or keeping up with different trends that are going on in the platform versus it was just my friend and I who were starting this business and we can kind of do whatever we wanted to. And so that's what we did. And literally the first video we made was just my co-founder, Mike, sitting in his car, taking a selfie video, talking about the product, the idea, what we were going to do. And he did that in April of last year. And this is before we had even made the product. We were still finalizing the formula and everything. And that video kind of went viral. And this account had no followers the video got 250,000 views and we ended up getting like 10,000 phone number signups from it on our website. And so what we did is when we did launch in June, we just texted the list of phone number subscribers that we had. Hey, we launched and we ended up selling out within the day of all the product that we were going to make in June. And since then, it's kind of just gone on a similar trajectory. We'll, we'll be in stock for a week and we'll very quickly sell out because we just have this really good loyal customer base that we've tried to engage in the business and what we're doing and 
even things that aren't related to the product, just like almost making it like a media company that sells a product versus, you know, like a product first company. And I, I think that's like nowadays with marketing and everything, I think it's super important to prioritize a lot of like the media stuff and how are you going to market it? Obviously you want to have a great product and that's super important to us, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to, to sell it and develop a good community. I love that. I love the flipping the model on the head because a lot of companies don't do that. And I like that you started building an audience before you launch. Cause a lot of people are going this stealth mode and then which screws them up. Yeah. So I, I will say I learned that from experience when I launched my gummy vitamin business, I think we officially launched March of 2020, I want to say. And I started working on it in October, November of 2019. And I didn't tell a single person what the business was, what the product was or anything. I just, when I posted about it on social media, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm starting this business. This is what it's called. I'm not telling you what it is until we launch. And I think when we did launch, I was like, we're going to sell out in a day. This is going to be so amazing. And when it actually happened, I think maybe there were 50 to hundred orders on the first day. And, you know, having spent five, six months working on that project, it was like fairly devastating. And fortunately, like things turned around with that and figured out how to market it the right way and like ended up, you know, working out for me. But I think that's a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is you keep things so secret. And like you said, in stealth mode, that you don't tell people what it is. And then when you do launch, no one knows what it is. And there's like a certain level of you have to develop like customer knowledge and like educate people on it a little bit. And if you don't do that right away, it's going to be a while before people, you know, want to buy it and are interested in it. So that was super important to us from the get go is like, hey, let's like get people involved in this from the very beginning. And maybe they can even even help us like develop the product. And maybe they have suggestions of like what they want in it or different flavors or, you know, say things that they like and don't like about other products, stuff like that. And I think being able to get that customer feedback from a very early stage developed the community and like audience more to where people feel like they're more valued and a part of the business versus just us trying to make money off of them. I also think one thing that you you said that's really smart is that I think if you use your audience at the beginning, it would have been hard to find who your actual audience is for Waterboy because it would have just been people who followed you on The Bachelor or your journey and they would have bought just because they liked you, not because they cared about the product, but you launching on TikTok without you got this like built-in fan base of something they care. They yeah, care exactly, exactly. And I think we were fortunate to be able to do that just from posting our own content within the Waterboy social media channels, particularly on TikTok, I think a lot of the ways companies used to drive traffic to their social media pages was through influencers or like paid giveaways, stuff like that. And to a certain extent, that stuff worked, but I don't think it developed the customer base to where those people are going to consistently want to buy and engage in content and like fight for your product in a sense. And I think that's the unique thing of what we've been able to do is pretty much everyone that follows us on TikTok has come from seeing our own videos on TikTok, not from, 
you know, me making a video or from some other influencer making a video, it's all just been organic traffic to our social media pages and to our website. And I think those customers are just so much more valuable than if, you know, an influencer posts or something like that. And that drives traffic because those people are loyal to that influencer, but they're not loyal to our company and they're not going to maybe engage with that content. And so when we, we built it, we were like, okay, how can we, in a sense, make Waterboy its own influencer to where people can come to our social media pages or our website and like have fun, like laugh, see a video and think it's funny versus us just trying to sell to them all the time. And I think the most successful companies on TikTok, which honestly, for the most part, aren't the big corporations that have huge budgets to spend. There are a few that do a really good job, but there's a lot of really small businesses that do a really, really incredible job on TikTok and have these great audiences. And like, that's really what we tried to almost like copy when we started it. The smart point that you made is that you treat Waterboy like Waterboy is its own personal brand and the persona of Waterboy instead of thinking of it as a channel just to sell, which most companies think of social media. So you've grown on Waterboy. Like, how do you think about creating content? Like, what you created the first video, which was cool that you told the story and launching. But how did you create the, the strategy going forward of what type of content you're going to post? Who, what type of people you want in the videos? How did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that honestly is the biggest struggle currently because it's okay. We've identified that content in our own organic content is probably the top of like the food pyramid for us. So like the most valuable thing in a sense. And it's like, okay, how do we make more of that? And I can't say I'm necessarily the most creative person, nor is Mike, you'd probably say that too. So it's like, how do we maybe surround ourselves with creative people? And I think really for us, it's just showing like the behind the scenes of the business and almost Ideally, we want to have someone, a videographer, someone who just like is there all day capturing content because a lot of funny things happen throughout the day and it's just like a fun office environment. And so that's like kind of our content strategy in a sense is just like, how can we get tons of content filmed throughout the day and then piece that together and put it into videos that are interesting for people to watch? And so I think when we were like, we're starting to hire more people, we, we did hire um, a girl like a month ago, who's been a great addition to the team and like incorporating her into videos. And she made her own TikTok account too. And it's just like another channel for us to market to in a different angle of like showing a different office dynamic, which is funny. But I think when we think of content, it's like, okay, how can we create funny, engaging, different videos? It's kind of really it. And then we've, We've obviously had videos that do well for us. I think talking about like the, just like generally the product, what's in it, why this helps specifically for like hangovers or other different use cases, like those types of videos do really well. Videos comparing our product to other products. And I know there's maybe sometimes like some hesitation with companies doing that, but I don't think it's necessarily it doesn't come from like a, a negative space where we're trying to put another product down. I think it's more so just comparing like, Hey, you know, 
if you drink Gatorade, like this is what you are getting. Like this is what's in the ingredients versus like this is what's in ours. And I think a lot of people don't understand or never even realize like what they're actually consuming. So it's more of like product education, I guess. Um, those videos probably, I would say, do the best for us from a conversion standpoint. And then we have videos of just like showing behind the scenes, doing funny different activities in Austin, things like that, that are more to develop kind of the community and like the the audience for Waterboy. You talked a little bit about like the influencers and picking out influencers that have followings that you can, that actually convert. How did you go about finding those type of people? Yeah. And honestly, I will say, I think that is the toughest, one of the toughest pieces for marketing and influencer marketing nowadays. There's so many influencers now. And like, you know, in these different worlds, so you got the reality TV people, like actual celebrities who are in movies and stuff. And then you have like these TikTok influencers. There's like the OG Instagram influencers that have like super aesthetic photos and stuff like that. And then it's like, okay, how do I find someone that's actually going to convert? I feel like a lot of times within influencer marketing, it's such a gray area of, okay, if I pay said influencer $10,000 for a post, what as a business, like what am I actually going to get in return? And Sure, you can look at old videos and see engagement, views, stuff like that. But at the same time, you're kind of at the whim of the social media platform a lot of times. And like, are they going to push that content out? And I think specifically on TikTok, what I've seen a lot is, sure, you have these influencers that get millions of views for a video. But when they post an advertisement, it gets like 20% of their normal views. And as a business, that's really frustrating if you're paying someone based off of their average views and you're getting like way less than that. But then you have to think of like, is this actually converting? And I would say like a lot of the people on TikTok who are have all these followers from posting dancing videos, you know, like doing that stuff. Sure, they have really like good videos. They have a good audience. But are they going to buy some like health and wellness electrolyte supplement? Probably not. I don't know. Or there's there's really no way to tell except taking the risk of spending X amount of dollars and seeing if it works out. So TikTok in particular has kind of been our focus since we launched. I think we've seen the best return there. And we really haven't worked with many influencers yet. We've done a couple of bigger ones just because we liked the creators and weren't as concerned with like getting a return. But I will say when like influencers reach out to us and we've talked to you know management and stuff and they give us their rates it's like i know for a fact judging from personal experience of doing brand deals that we are not going to get that dollar amount in return so for us we've been very roi focused from the beginning and maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing but i think it's led us to be a little more conservative when it comes to influencer marketing and so for us we are more focused on creating our own organic content And then tier two is, okay, how can we get like a mass amount of people to post about the product? And TikTok is super interesting because really anyone can be an influencer. Our strategy is more so let's get the people who love the product, who are super interested in it, our, you know, consistent customers, let's have them make the content, whether that's sending them a free 10 pack free 20 pack 
whatever it looks like for us. Let's get those people engaged in making videos. And then the more videos that those people are posting, the more, you know, UGC videos that we get, we can then put, you know, maybe ad money behind those videos and stuff like that versus paying this huge dollar amount up front for an influencer to post and maybe hoping it works out. Maybe it won't. So that's, that's kind of been our like strategy, less of working with traditional influencers and more so like empowering the smaller creators on the platform to get behind the brand, I guess. I like that. It's more about organically figuring out how to have shareability versus paying someone. Cause I, I mean, I've worked with influencers and I know some of them, especially like celebrities are their metrics look good, but doesn't mean they pull people to buy. So, uh. I, well, I think a lot of people look, you know, five years ago, I don't know if you know, like movement watches or there's a lot of brands that did a really good job engaging Instagram influencers. And I think that was like a very specific aesthetic that those businesses were. Also, who knows if they had raised like a ton of money and just had a lot of money to like throw at influencers to create a lot of brand awareness. That could have been the case. And then eventually that led to sales. But I think when you look at like more startups, you have to be very conscious of like where you're spending your money and like what actual return am I getting from this? And I think a lot of businesses and I've heard like stories of people paying 20, 30, $40,000 to some big influencer and expecting like, you know, to sell out or get all these sales. And then you get like $5,000 in sales and you're like, what, what the heck happened? And so for us, we just want to like totally avoid that. And it's like, let's just focus on controlling that process a little bit more. And I think we've seen it like the more control we've been able to have over it and like spending less money up front, it's worked out a lot better. And like, let's say you send free product to an individual, they make a video and it doesn't work out. Well, you're just out the cost of the product, which to us isn't like a huge deal, fortunately, at this point in the the business cycle. So I think it's important for startups. And that'd honestly be my biggest recommendation is just like, don't overspend on marketing. I think if you can like really think through a good strategy and focus on it and empower your customer base to create content for you and like hopefully reward those people for creating good, good quality content. To me, that's the most impactful marketing you can do. Any sort of UGC videos that are coming from customers who just love the product and are very passionate about the business. And so we're, we're kind of like very, I would say, early in the stages of starting to develop that more. But we've been very fortunate that we do have all these customers that love the business that want to start doing that stuff. So it's kind of more so on us now to just engage them to actually do it. It's funny because I was just about to ask you what's a like marketing hill you would die on. And I'm guessing that's one of the marketing hills you would die on is like you don't have to overspend. And a lot of I just know a lot of marketers are just they don't think about the end result. I, there's a, a point where being too over ROI, like I think you get content marketing. That's why you're doing it. But a lot of businesses won't invest in TikTok just because they don't see like immediate return in creating content. I think the marketing hill I would die on is just like, one, I love TikTok. 
I think TikTok right, at least right now is like such a good place to market a business, honestly, no matter what product you have. But two, I think it's being consistent with it. And the reason I say that is I've worked with a lot of people. I know a lot of people who have businesses who I've said, hey, like just trust me, start posting on TikTok. Just trust me, do the, these types of videos. Like I, I promise you. And they'll maybe do like one or two videos and it won't like go viral and they'll get frustrated and just stop doing it. And for Waterboy, I will say we probably did get a little bit lucky that like from day one, the first video had several hundred thousand views and since then had like a lot of other viral videos that got millions. And for every business, it's not like that. But I think it does take a lot of repetitions and like finding your niche and what content does work. And maybe you don't see a return on it right away. But I think something like getting into TikTok, it's not like it's a huge upfront expense. It's more just like the time it takes to really like look into it and develop it versus paying an influencer X amount of money and probably not seeing like a great return there. So for us, it's like we'd rather put in the time and effort into developing a good strategy versus just trying to almost like pay for a good strategy or pay pay for sales. Um, yeah, and I I think and my friend JT says this a lot, but like is like get a creator that knows the platform to run your TikTok for you. Yeah, like a lot of people don't think about that. JT Barnett. Yeah. I mean, I watch a lot of his videos. I love his his stuff. I think it's super engaging. He's like, he knows a lot about the platform and has a lot of friends within that space too. So, you know, everything he says, I think is super impactful and, and right. And I think a lot of companies and even individuals have such a hold up in like even posting a video or it's like, oh, this is like too cringy or, or whatever. And it's like, no, who, who cares, right? They're just like, be yourself on the platform and make a video and then you know make another video and another one and i think he says this all the time but like you're literally one video away from changing your life and like going viral and i I'd, if people do start doing tiktok i don't want you to bank on the fact that you're gonna have a video go viral because like most likely you probably won't but it's one of those things that like you have to give it a chance and making one or two videos isn't going to do that. But like you said, it's like, okay, as a business, maybe I don't understand TikTok really. You know, I'm, I'm more focused like operationally on making a product, but maybe I can hire a creator to essentially run my TikTok account. And we've tried to do that a couple of times, not running our own account, but basically having creators make a totally different account and making like Waterboy related videos on it. So we're not having to like pay them for posting stuff on their own account, which would be a much higher rate, but they're making a new account, just making like random water boy videos. And I, I know we have seen like a bit of success there, which has been nice, but it, it is true. And, and it's one of those things too, which is, I guess this is kind of a different conversation, but gets into what you're saying with a lot of brands that I've worked with personally posting on Instagram, give you such specific criteria of like, we need this, this, and this in a video, like, like such a strict outline versus actually letting the creator do what works with their audience and everything, like what works on the platform. And so when we have tried to work with creators, it's more so like, Hey, 
here's the product. If you want to talk about these benefits, these are what they are, but do whatever you want and make a, you know, have fun with it. And I think that's where we've seen really, really good quality content. There are definitely some like newer creators that maybe need a little bit of direction on what to post, but the ones that have bigger audiences, like the more traditional influencers, I think just as a business, giving them the product and letting them have fun with it makes it way more enjoyable for the creator. And I think as a video, the quality will be better and perform better too. I think what is smart about that too is that if you don't trust the creator to post their own thing, why are you hiring them in the first place? Yeah. Like, like it's it's more about vetting the creator than actually vetting the content that they do. Right. If you if you trust that creator, then and build a relationship with them, they'll create content that's good for your brand. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, where people do it wrong, is like, hey, we want this, this, and this. Like that means you just don't trust that person to do something, and you just care about you care about your marketing over them and they're just a billboard for you. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And the other thing too, and this is more, I don't know if this is more of like a personal want, but it frustrates me sometimes when influencers reach out and they're like, Hey, I love your like product and business. I would love to like discuss a partnership. And then, you know, I look at like the orders and you know, that person has never ordered the product. So it's one of those things like, okay, Maybe that's not the biggest deal, but I think for me, the people I want promoting the product are ones who like love it, have tried it and really like believe in what we're doing and aren't necessarily just trying to get like paid to do another brand partnership. I'm big on like when I promote like marketing companies, like have I used the product before or have my friends told me that it's a great product or like I can speak organically about them and authentically about them if i have never used their product before it's just hard for me to do it yeah no totally totally and it's like okay if if i pay you ten thousand dollars to post this not saying like you need to continually purchase but are you just like taking the product because i'm paying you ten thousand dollars are you taking it because you actually like it and that's why you wanted to develop a partnership and like you know fortunately like now we're able to pay you for that i think that's why we focused more on like all right, here's our current customer base. Let's try and like empower them to make videos and reward them for that versus just maybe paying people that like don't actually enjoy it or haven't tried it yet, right? Because then it does, it's, to me, it's not as genuine. I know TikTok, we just talked about TikTok a bunch, but is there anything that you're like, trends you're seeing that marketers aren't, hopping on right now that should be hopping on i probably talk about tiktok too much i do think there's still so much uncharted territory on there that a lot of like bigger businesses haven't really developed into and it's kind of like i don't know i think a lot of like smaller businesses are succeeding a lot more on there just because you're able to develop a more like tight-knit community and engage with your followers more and like actually show behind the scenes but I don't know. I I have heard of some new social media platforms. I forget there's one where it's like you post a picture at a random time in the day when it notifies you. I forget what that one's called. And so that's one we've started to like look at a little bit. I don't even know if there's any businesses on there, but be real. Yeah. I think that, I think that's what it's called. I haven't heard too much about it, but I know that's, 
I've heard that that one is like very up and coming and growing a ton. So we've probably started like looking into that one a little bit, but I think the biggest thing and just like the biggest trend that I've seen do really well is essentially making the company more of a media business versus, Hey, we have this product and then trying to make ads to sell that product. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like we've fortunately done a good job at, we can still do better and like develop that more. And that's honestly what we spend probably 75% of our time trying to figure out. But it's like, how can we, you know, essentially just have fun, like turn this into, I don't know if you ever saw Robin big that show, but like, like, you know, turn our office into like the fantasy factory and just have like fun, like do random stuff and, you know, I, I don't know, like we want to put like a pickleball court in our office, like random things like that and just like have a good time and record content for it. And then also create a really good product, which we're fortunate to have and launch new products and everything and all that. Because I think for us, if we can, you know, obviously we have a good product, but if we can also own the the marketing channels and be our own influencer and constantly have these people engaged in the business through different social media channels, that's the most successful thing ever versus when you look at other companies like, um, I don't know, like liquid IV or Pedialyte, like some of those bigger ones, they might have big social media followings, but there's no life or like voice behind the brand. It's honestly just an aesthetically pleasing photo. And even if you look at a lot of those companies, TikTok accounts, they really don't do a good job. So for us, we're at a really good spot where we can like, show people the behind the scenes, make people feel like they're a part of it and a part of our decisions that we make, which they are. And, you know, to me, I think that's like the biggest trend that we've seen a lot of success with. And then the other thing too, just on like the influencer marketing stuff, things have really moved away from what you would see three years ago, people posting aesthetic photos on Instagram to now people really don't want that. People want to see someone like be real and like show their life a little bit and the behind the scenes of their life and like show maybe the things that aren't great and like be vulnerable on TikTok or, or stuff like that. And I think those are very related from a business and from a creator perspective. And I think the more you can show the behind the scenes and like everything going on in your life versus just like the highlight reel in a sense, the more engaged those people are going to be and the more, they're going to want to like buy your product or like be more interested in what you're doing. And so the best creators I've seen on TikTok do that. They don't just do dance videos. They don't just do random trends. They literally just like vlog their life and ask questions, ask for feedback, do all that stuff. And I think the best businesses I've seen on TikTok do the same thing. And creators that we work with, that's kind of the biggest thing we look for. And then for us as a business, that's the biggest thing we're trying to develop even more. One last question I have for you is you guys do a pretty cool like drop strategy on new flavors, but I know, do you ever work with like a, instead of a creator or like an influencer being promoting your product? Are you thinking of like having an influencer like collab on like a flavor of a product and drop that? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're uh, speaking that as we're trying to do that, that, so that, that has definitely been like a big thing we've started to look into. Um, and there's a couple people we're, we're kind of talking to right now to hopefully create some new flavors with them. 
again, though, it is like a little tough and you have to be, it's one of those things we're trying to be very conscious of like looking at ROI and like how much we're spending on this, because when we do get into flavor collaborations, then maybe there's some people you have to pay them up front for it. And then you also have to pay for all this inventory that you're unsure if you will sell it and like what that looks like. There are some creators we've worked with that we have like a little bit of insight into what that return would look like. And so those are the ones that we've kind of, you know, developed conversations with a bit further. But I do think that's a great, great strategy. And I know it's something that Liquid IV did with obviously like big, big celebrities. I think they had a flavor collaboration with Justin Bieber, Kygo, Steve Aoki, like I think some other people too. And those are like huge celebrities, obviously. And like, I don't think we're at a point where we can do a flavor collaboration with Justin Bieber, but I think there's more opportunities where we can do like a cool flavor flavor collaboration with TikTok influencers that we find super engaging and interesting. And I think that's an area that a lot of companies overlook because they want to go for the big celebrities. But TikTok has been our bread and butter from day one. And for us, it's like, okay, if that's super important to us and we love all these creators on the platform, let's try and utilize that to the fullest extent. And you know, maybe we're not making hundreds of thousands of dollars with a, a flavor collaboration, but if we can do smaller ones and maybe it's not a huge ROI, it's great brand awareness and it's really like good opportunity to develop the brand more and like engage someone else's audience too. I mean, Alani New did one with like Whitney Simmons and stuff like that, where it's like, that is more what Whitney Simmons would talk about and sell instead of like Justin Bieber and Liquid IV, which is like, okay, Justin Bieber just has broad reach. It's not like Justin Bieber doesn't mean he's going to be drinking Liquid IV. It's not like what he's known for, where like a fitness influencer is different. Right, right. No, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But yeah, I think like Alani knew they do a really good job with i don't know if they've done other flavor collaborations i know they did one with addison ray on tiktok obviously she's huge so that was like a big one but they do a really good job of sending product out to influencers and like engaging different people and i think because of that they get a lot of great ugc content on tiktok i know like some of their products went viral a while back and then for us too i think another company we've tried to like emulate that has been around for a while is ghost they make like pre-workout protein powder supplements but they've done a really good job at developing this like youtube channel um i don't know how many subscribers they have on there but from like a youtube standard it's really good for a business and they make these videos showing the behind the scenes just like everything going on in the office and that's kind of like the stuff we really want to do just i guess on tiktok maybe get into youtube one day but I know they do flavor collaborations and that stuff too. So there's like a lot of good companies we've used as inspiration for, for Waterboy. And it's great to have that inspiration, but I think too, it's like, okay, how do we, you know, maybe find our own take on that or find our like little niche to where we can be different and find our own, I guess, audience there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, I want to give you the last one or two minutes of where people could find you, Waterboy, um, if they're interested in trying out the product. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who hasn't tried it, 
I would definitely go to our TikTok channel. It's at waterboycan. I think if you type in just at waterboy on TikTok, it'll show up too. And then our website is waterboy.com. And so right now we have our hangover recovery product. There's four flavors of that one. Honestly, I take it for things outside of hangovers too, but it is great if you are hungover. And then we are launching a sports athletic hydration product probably within the next two weeks. Um, so be on the lookout there. But for anyone that's interested, feel free to join our um, you know text message list too. Uh, this is a great way to get notified when we do drop different products. Sweet. Well, thank you for joining. This has been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.